Katie Gadu, welcome to the Trails Collective interview series. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Uh, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. How are you? Uh, I'm great. I, I'm really great, actually. It cooled down today, so two days ago I thought I was going to melt into a puddle on the sidewalk, and um, but today it finally cooled down. A little bit windy, a little rainstormy, but it's perfect. So how's it up in Rochester? It's pretty good. It cooled down, like you said, but actually just a little while ago we had a tornado warning, which um, I was like, oh no, we're gonna, I don't know what's gonna happen, but uh, nothing happened, so it was fine. Yeah, the wind was really rambunctious, so I went on, I took my break at work at around like 2, 2.30, and mm -hmm. I saw the wind just like whip across, but I was sitting like in a back little like patio area, so yeah. I was fine, I was just watching it thinking like maybe I'll get rained on again, like, and, um, and then a couple minutes later my coworker came out, and he was like, is everything okay? And I was like, yeah, dude, what's going on? He's like, apparently the front tables had like whipped across like the, like the street and stuff. And he was like wrangling them back, but let he, he came back expecting it to be the same way out back. But I was just sitting there like eating and he's like, he just started laughing because that's not what he was expecting to see. Oh, wow. Yeah, we had a pretty, pretty windy afternoon here too. That sounds like it. Um, so I know you from a couple races I think we've done together. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if I've actually, I probably, I believe I'm, I think I met you at Many on the Jenny two years ago, um, mm -hmm. or last year. Which, last year did you get third? Yeah, in 2019. Okay, so I met you last year. You yeah. were like right behind me and Amelia. Mm -hmm. It was like, it was kind of like boom, boom, boom. I was, it was great. <laughs> Um, and then I know I've done a couple other races, maybe like Menden Ponds and stuff like that. Um, but I don't like, I, I don't think we've ever actually talked like before. Mm -hmm. So it'll be really great to get to know you. I, I, you are famous. I know of you. And well, I know that the last race that you did, you won. So that's like a pretty good way to like, you know, go out with a bang of 2020 because I don't know if races should start again. So yeah. Um, why don't you just, let's first start talking about the most recent race that you did do and you did win, which was a last runner standing event put on by Trails Rock, which yeah. uh, Eric and Sheila of like who I've interviewed before, they put on that race. Um, so yeah, why don't you talk about that? What is the last runner standing event? Sure. So it's a, it's a race where um, it, there's a mile loop. And everyone starts off at the same time and um, you have a certain period of time to finish that mile. So it starts out with like you have 20 minutes to complete a mile and then the next lap is 19 minutes and then 18 and it just gets progressively faster. And once you um, don't complete a lap in the amount of time, you're out of the race. And at the end of it, there's one person standing. So when did, what was your fastest mile? Um, it was either 7.30 or 7. It was mile oh, 24. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Um, so, so it doesn't, so it, is it every hour? Um. That you start or like what? No, it's just like every, it would, so the, it would be 
let's say the first mile of the race, you had 20 minutes to complete it. So if you ran it in 10 minutes, you have 10 minutes to just hang out until gotcha. Okay. okay. Until the clock starts again. Were there any laughs where you were like, Oh, I don't know. Yeah. So I looked at the past results and like, um, there had been some great people that had run it, but there, it hadn't been like a really huge women's field that stayed in for it for a long time. And so this year it was really amazing. There were all of these women like running really far into the race, which was um, really fun and motivating. Um, and there was kind of like some strategy early on because you didn't know whether to run the early miles or like you really could walk some of them. Um, so it was kind of some strategy there. So that was fun. So what did you do? I ran them like an easy, easy jog. And then I had like a folding chair and I sat in it and I had like a little bag with my food and snacks in it. How long was the total event? Like how many hours? Um, like hours, like four, between four and five hours, I think. Okay. I kind of like this format. It seems kind of yeah. manageable. Like you can do it in a day. Like eventually, like you have, like eventually, like there's an end point. You know, That's, like, it's not yeah. like it just keeps going. I kind of, I like that. Uh, I kind of am like, I wish they would do one like in the summer. Cause like in the winter, yeah. that just kind of sucks. When you kind of don't know if there's going to be snow or like there wasn't, there wasn't really any snow, but there was this one really muddy section that was like super sloppy. And as the day went on, it just got like harder and harder to run through. Um, so they like to make challenging races though, Eric and Sheila. So I'm yeah. not sure they would do it in the summer. A lot of trail races are challenging. Yeah, but you should do it. It was really fun. Yeah, that sounds like that sounds like one I'll put on the list. So, um, how long have you been running? Um, I started in seventh grade. I ran modified cross country and track, and so I've been running off and on since then. In Rochester. Yep, I grew up in Rochester. What school? Fairport. Oh, okay. I have a couple cousins that live in Fairport. Oh, um, really? How old are you right now? 35. So oh, okay. So yeah, a little bit, a little, just a touch older than me. Not yeah. much. Uh, you're hitting your prime actually right now. So that's great. Sure. <laughs> um, so did you go to college in Rochester as well? I went away for college and I still ran. Um, and then kind of like moved around for a few years and then eventually moved back to Rochester. Where did you run in college? I ran for Notre Dame. Oh, wow. So that's pretty competitive. Yeah. It was so really tell cool. me about that. Did you walk on? Were you recruited? Like, what was it like? Yeah. So I was a recruited walk-on. So I didn't have an athletic scholarship, but I went on recruiting visits. And, like, um, usually the coach can, like, use um, – if you're, like, on the bubble of getting into the college, they can kind of, like, help sway the application in your favor. Um, so I was a recruited walk-on. And um, – uh, I don't know. We had a really great team um, and some pretty good runners. And so I got my butt kicked all the time. Um, but it was just fun to be a part of it. And I got to run at like cross country nationals a few times um, and run like we were part of the the Big East um, in track at that point. And then I went to regionals a couple of times in track. That's really cool. What was your event? Um, so indoor, I usually did the mile and then outdoors, I ran the steeplechase. Okay. Uh, yeah. so I'm very fascinated by the miles. What, what was your, what was your mile PR? I ran a 454. Oh, that's so fast. Oh I heard God. that you're training for the mile. I was listening to your podcast. Um, with yeah. Greg. Yeah. 
Uh, yes. Well, I'm we're technically doing five and 10 K training, okay. but, um, because I've never done anything like that before. So we're, he has to like ease me into it. A lot of hill reps. So I'm gonna yeah. say. But, um, the other day, yeah, I did, or two weeks ago now, um, I did a half a mile at five minute pace and I thought I was going to die. Uh, my, like my arms like got so sore and then like, yeah, I was like, this is really lactic. Like, I don't yeah. Know. But it was so much fun. Like, I just, I really enjoy it. Um, right now, I'm not as jazzed to go super long. But doing the really short, like, like short stabs yeah. rather than, like, the slow burn, it's actually kind of, it's kind of fun. It's nice to do that, like, this time of year, too, when it's so hot. Then you're not out there, like, slogging around for, like, really long workouts. It's kind of quick. Yeah. yeah. And it's really cool how, like, so most of the time we're in this really hot, humid place. But then you get, like, a cool day, and then you're like, I am so fast. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. That's what I love about the fall, too. Like, once you hit, like, late September, early October, all of a sudden you feel amazing running. Yes. Yeah. Holding out for that. (laughs) But it's all been fun. It's also just, I really like doing things like new things. I mean, I like running that it's consistent. I know how to run, but there are just so many different avenues you can take. And especially like when you want to shake things up or you've just been like, I've been marathon training for two years. So I was Mm -hmm. just like a little bit over super long runs. And then especially I just, don't I just didn't uh, don't feel super comfortable going for long periods of time on the trails right now and it just wasn't like filling me up so this is just completely different and it's just it's been so much fun so it makes me a little bit wish that I sort of had that college cross-country track experience because I didn't start running until after that and it just sounds like it could be like if I had the good a good mindset around it which probably would have been my stumbling block back then um it could have been so much fun it was like the being part of a team was so much fun. I think that was the best part. And we like traveled together and you had like um, instant friends on campus and mm-hmm. everyone was kind of had the, a similar mindset of like training hard and um, kind of, I don't know, working towards a common goal. So that was really fun to experience. Mm-hmm. There's a lot coming out right now about like, um, well, was your coach a uh, male or female? Male. Okay. There's just a lot, you know, as you probably know, there's a lot of things, unfortunate things coming out in the news right now. And I think it's important to like ask about it and, you know, share your experience, good or bad. So do you, I take it, it seems like you had a pretty positive experience. How did your coach in, um, throughout your season, I mean, like, how did he like foster like a healthy relationship with competition, with your body, with each other, you know, balancing school and having a life outside of running? Yeah, that's a really good question and really important. So I did, I had a great experience at Notre Dame. I also don't think I performed maybe at my, um, as well as I could have. And so um, our coach was really good about a lot of things. Like we didn't have weigh-ins, which I've heard of like a lot of other D1 programs, like the girls would have to weigh in and like be a certain weight. And so we didn't have anything like that. Um, there wasn't really any pressure around like what we ate. Um, that being said, like in a really competitive environment, people kind of, you kind of look and see what other people are doing. And so having really good role models was important. Um, and we had some really good ones on the team. So that was, that was awesome. Um, like Molly Huddle was on the team when I was there. Um, and she always was like, um, like really good about setting a good example about how to be a healthy runner. Um, 
but I think we overtrained a lot. And so we had a lot of injuries on the team um, and we're just kind of like burned out a lot of the time. Oh, really? Yeah. What was the training week like? Um, so we would run, I was probably one of the higher mileage people on the team and I would run like, like 60 to maybe 70 miles, which isn't a ton of miles for that level, but we would just hammer everything like easy runs, warm ups, cool downs, workouts. Um, I don't think it was that the training was, um, in itself bad. I think it was just, we pushed everything way too hard and we didn't have, um, no one was like saying, like pulling us back. And so I think that was the, the only thing I would go back and change is like just chilling out a little bit on like all of our training. Yeah. Cause in addition, Notre Dame's a very like academically rigorous school as well. Yeah. So I can imagine that, that on top of stress, how many were you injured often? So I would, did not get injured that much, but I got sick a lot. So I, um, I don't know if I'm just like, something um about my like form or something but I don't tend to get injured but I did get like my body would break down in other ways in college so I would get sick quite a bit and like miss parts of seasons okay I see yeah Yeah, that sucks but it is what happens you know yeah well that's pretty cool so uh, after college did you plan to did you take a break or did you just keep running like what did you do after college I took a break for a little while. So I graduated in 2007 um, and kind of just like was very inconsistent for a number of years. And um, I felt kind of burned out after college running. So I just wanted it to be fun again. And then eventually I um, wanted to try running a marathon and that kind of like got me back excited about running. And so then in like 2012, I trained for and ran kind of like trained for a marathon and ran it. What marathon? Wine glass. Oh, okay. How'd it go? Yeah. Good. Um, it went really well. I ran, what is it? Still my PR. I ran like a 258. Wow. For the first time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had run one previously, like with my brother, like we just ran it together, but that was the first one I had like really trained for. Um, okay. Did you, then did you, after that, just sort of like tend to do enjoy the longer stuff or did you like work on your marathon for a little while what happened I tried to keep doing more marathons so I ran like um then I ran Chicago and I ran Boston um but never really ran faster than that and at the same time I decided to go back to school to get my graduate degree in um librarianship and was moving around a lot and just um kind of like fell out of training really consistently Um, and then what got me back into it was I had some friends who signed up for Twisted Branch for the first, the first year that it happened in 2015 and kind of on a whim, I signed up to run it and then started training again so that I would be able to complete it. And you got third, but we'll come back to that because I had to put a pin in library science. So, uh, what, what made you decide to study that in college? Um, I don't know. So my undergrad degree was in English. So I think I just kind of always um, had a love of reading. But then um, after I graduated from Notre Dame, I went and I moved back to Rochester and I started working at Paychex. And I did like phone support for people who were having technical problems. And I really liked 
the challenge of like people calling up and trying to explain like what they needed and then figuring out a solution for them. And so then I looked up jobs, like I wasn't really happy there, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I looked up jobs where you like helped people and found information and used technology and then librarian came up. So I decided to go to school for that. That's so cool. Cause I did, I told you before this, like my, one of my dream jobs was librarian. I actually yeah. was a librarian in college. I, that's my, was my work study job. And then, I mean, when I was growing up, we didn't really have like all the technology that we had now. So one of the things that we did was go to the library and I started like, when I was a kid going and then I was like read to and I always went to all those nights and then I became the teen reader and then I became like the volunteer librarian and it was just uh the art oh, that's awesome that's so yeah. fun. I do miss that like one of the things I just miss the library it's closed right now so yeah. yeah but um and I also find that like it's really good balance for me um mm -hmm. It's what I like to do when I'm resting and recovering. Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't really, I just never think to turn on the TV. I, we don't have one, so that's also one thing, but also I could watch Netflix on my computer, like whatever. But yeah. I just always like pick up a book and can just get lost in a book. And then it's like such good rest and just such like, I, I'll read anything. Like it doesn't have to be anything smart. It can be a beach read. It can be yeah. like, I don't know, a Right now I'm reading about mushrooms for some random reason, but then I love the chiclet stuff, like the, the yeah. romantic things, like I don't care. And um, it's just, it's like trashy TV, like when you just turn on the TV just because they're on just pick up a book because it's there. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Who's your favorite um, author? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, right now, I think it's Patrick Rothfuss. All right, what does he write? He writes, he has like a... Um, trilogy that he's writing that's kind of like fantasy type. Okay. Um, but only two of the three books are out, so I would recommend not starting it until he finishes it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, what I tell, like, so I've never um, watched Game of Thrones, but I've read all yeah. the books, and you know, George R. R. Martin is just, yeah. keep writing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you tell people yeah. not to read it no yeah. <laughs> no I tell well so I read it and then I was like why would I want to watch that as a show that sounds so dark like I don't want to see that oh god um so yeah I will I'll stick to reading those kind of things yeah well, who's your favorite author um geez that's like pick, it's like picking a favorite child yeah. I love Jodi Picoult anything mm -hmm. she writes I just eat that up like it takes me like three hours to read her book because I just read um but oh what's his name Neil something he wrote the girl with the dragon tattoo and those three books oh, and then the yeah. girl with the hornet's nest and the girl who played with fire and I read those books at like a very pivotal time in my life mm -hmm. and they were very impactful because it sort of it reminded me or it taught me that just because I'm a woman and I feel like and I can be in a very like disempowered situation I can get out of it I just have to like I can think my way out of it like I am yeah. smart and stuff and it was just I just needed to read it and now it's like I will recommend that book to anybody that's awesome have you read them I have read them yeah they're good, they're good. again wouldn't recommend the movie because it's like kind of pretty dark dramatic, yeah. but the books are great <laughs> back to running you decided to run Twisted Ranch, which we have talked about on the Trails Collective because it's very popular around mm -hmm. here. Uh, you ran it in the first year and you got third. So mm -hmm. 
Tell me about the build up to that. Twisted Branch is a 100K race and it's gnarly. Uh, I yeah. dropped out of it. And um, so what was the build up like to that? Sure. So I had been training like throughout the winter, but not really, I didn't really have like a goal race or anything. I was just kind of doing like maintenance, like miles. And I had a couple of friends who signed up for it in maybe like March. Um, Cause it was the first year. So it wasn't, um, it wasn't, you didn't have to sign up on like the day that it opened. It was like, you know, you could still sign up for a few months. Um, and they convinced me to sign up. And at that point I had never run anything longer than a marathon and I hadn't really run any trail races. I had just run like cross country. So I, um, was like, I should probably run some other trail races before I try and run this hundred K on like a pretty difficult trail. So I signed up for a bunch of like shorter trail marathon to like shorter ultra distances for that summer. So I just kind of, um, like trained from race to race and then, um, gave it a go at Twisted Branch. And how'd it go? It went pretty well. Um, I actually struggled early on and then just started feeling like stronger as the day went on, which is like the ideal way to run an ultra, I think. Um, so it went, it went pretty well and I ended up finishing third in like 1440 um, something. So I talked to Scott about the first running and he thought it was, he thought he did a terrible job, but then it's like, how is it from a racer's perspective? It seemed like flawless, at least from like where I was in the race. Um, and so I remember him saying that after the fact, but I, I could not tell um, that like anything went awry during the race. And I think Twisted Branch has always had great volunteers. Um, and like, there's a great group putting it on, like Scott being the main one. And um, so like, I think if you have that in the ultra and the, there's that feel of like the, the volunteers are super helpful and everyone's really excited to have you there. And it was this really unique like opportunity to run point to point. Um, and so I thought it was a great experience. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I told him yeah. that too. I was like, even, so I went into it in 2018 and I was just, I had like a broken ankle, but I still wanted yeah. to do it. And I had like chip on my shoulder, basically every reason that you shouldn't run a race. That was why I was doing it. Wasn't good. I got lost. It was raining. Oh, I had oh, to know my headlamp. Oh, it was terrible. Um, so and it's also pretty gnarly. So um, yeah, uh, uh, kudos to you. Have you gone back? Yes. So actually the year you were running it, I volunteered at Urbana, like the last aid station. Yes. So I don't think you quite made it there. Oh but. God, no. I was not. Um, so that was really fun. And then last year I went back and ran it again and it didn't go quite as well, but um, I ended up eighth, which was still like pretty respectable. So yeah. Um, and I ran for a little bit with Amelia and, um, we had a good conversation and then she just took off and I started going in the opposite direction. So, <laughs> yeah, Amelia is uh, quite the amazing athlete too. So let's, I want to like, you briefly mentioned Molly Huddle and mm -hmm. she is a local legend. So tell me like, what was it like being on the team with her? Like, was she already just like professionally mindsetted or was she still like learning everything like you were or what, how was it? Oh, that's a good question. So she was already pretty, um, I would say she was pretty professional already, but 
I don't want to make it out like she didn't, um, like I can see there's been a lot of growth since we graduated from college. So she, um, she always trained super hard. She is by far the toughest person that I've ever like been around. So, I mean, I think that's part of why she's so successful, but just watching her like in workouts and in races, she, I think could just like handle more um, like discomfort than anyone else that I knew. Um, but she was already super talented and like um, a, a really impressive runner. So people who were that good, cause she's like that good. Yeah. Um, did she have her own coach? Like, I always wonder about that. Like, do they have their own coach? Like, do they do anything? So it was just like, she was yeah. And actually she ran in high school, but I, I'm pretty sure her dad was her coach. So when she came to um, college, like her, our coach was her coach. She had the same, like access to the same athletic trainers, same facilities. She lived on campus in like a regular dorm with everyone else. Um, like she was part of, she was just a part of our team. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I met her at the trials and she was just like completely normal, but it's so funny. Cause like a lot of the people, I mean, her, she was more like you, I always think that these people are going to be a lot bigger than they are, but everybody's so petite. <laughs> I like yeah. tower over everyone. I'm like, hi, Molly looking down. Hi, Des <laughs> looking down. Like what? Yeah. Oh no, that's, that's super cool. I bet. I mean, um, it's, it's cool that you, uh, were like, you saw her as, you know, who just Molly, you know, like mm -hmm. not like Molly huddle, Elmira yeah. legend, you know? Yeah. You got to like actually become like become friends with her and be, mm -hmm. you know, get to get to know her as a person. That's pretty cool. That's special. Um, so back to you, the most mm -hmm. important part of the interview. Uh, so does your husband run? Um, he does, but he doesn't really enjoy racing. So he will come and run with me like sometimes. Um, he doesn't really enjoy doing workouts. So he'll just come on like easy days sometimes. What do workouts look like for you? Um, it depends what I'm training for. Um, a lot of times I'll just, um, I'm not very structured. And so I'll do, um, like a tempo run or like something at like marathon pace effort. Um, I run on trails a lot. I haven't run on the roads that much. So pace is difficult um, to kind of like, you know, compare. Um, yeah. We, oh, I mean, I'm tr like, we're not doing anything, pa any pace work right now. Like it's all yeah. effort based because it's also so hot and we're also not really, there's no races. So it doesn't matter. So yeah, yeah effort based is the way to go. Um, it really depends what I'm training for. So last year I ran the Buffalo marathon in the spring and then switched into Me the Yeah, I know you, you won it. Did you, did you not? <laughs> it's a great race. It's the best race. Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo. I was like, so I was like a half hour behind you, but it was a great race. Um, so like in training for that, I would just run like run on my own. And then I went to the Rochester running company speed, like workout nights. Um, so that was fun having a group to kind of like do marathon. Yeah. A group is, a group is like training partners are what you need. Yeah. If you can be blessed with some training partners, that's, that's wonderful. And I feel like there's a lot of runners in Rochester. I mean, you guys seem to have a really great community. Do you run with other people a lot? I don't a lot. Um, I get like, um, I get nervous that like people will 
want to run faster than I want to run, which sounds really bad, but um, I feel like it's just kind of from that experience in college of like having to like just grind every day that sometimes I like to run by myself and just kind of like relax. Um, but I enjoy like running with people for like long runs or workouts. So, um, my training group and I always have like, we always had the mindset that we're going to go as slow as like the slowest person or not the slowest, but like the person going the slowest. So like, I mean, it, it, cause it's any of us on the day, but we're always just going to go like that slow because it doesn't matter. It's an easy day. Like, so uh, slower is usually better. <laughs> it sounds like you have a good, um, training group to run with. I, I, I really did luck out. Like, I don't know why they accepted me or how they found, how we found each other, but I lucked out. Yeah, I really did. Um, so what were your plans for the spring? Did you have any races on the, and summer, I guess now? Yeah. yeah what were you going to do? So I was registered to run the Georgia death race in March which then got canceled and then blew up because of the race director. So um, I will not be running it when it is rescheduled. Um, And so, and then I was registered to run wine glass marathon in the fall. And so that's been canceled or like moved to a a virtual race. So I have nothing, nothing on the schedule for the rest of the season. Do you do virtual races? Um, I've done a couple. So I did some of the fundraiser ones like earlier in the year for the like local running stores. Um, but I don't know that I really feel like compelled to run a virtual marathon. How about when like some races have started to open and yeah. I want to hear how you feel about that because I don't feel good about it. <laughs> so I don't I'm not doing any races. Um, I don't feel ready yet. I don't like nothing against anyone who's no, not at all. Um, I think everyone has their own like comfort level and like risk risks that they're okay taking. Um, I've always wanted to do Cayuga, um, trails, but I didn't feel, I, I just wasn't ready to like be in a race with a ton of other people yet. Um, so I don't think I'll sign up for anything for the rest of this year, but I guess there's a lot of time left and if things really turn around and maybe in November, December, there'll be something. Yeah. For me, like I just, in my day job, I see so much. Like I'm like, I never thought of myself as an essential worker, but that's what I've been. And I just see like so much. And then, um, it just, also what I read is that like we were doing so well and now the cases yeah. are, and it's just like, it's not worth it to me. I don't. And I mean, but I, I understand the camaraderie. I understand everything. I get it. I like, but it's just, there's just something that I'm just like, I can't be that yeah. like personally, I can't take that risk. Like yeah. even if social distancing, all this stuff, like to me, it's like, it's, I would feel like I was being selfish Mm -hmm. and I just, with everything, like I've been wearing a mask since March. Like I like everything that we have to do at work. Like I just, I feel really like sometimes I have to stop myself from getting mad because I'm like, we've done so much work, so much work. Yeah. And it's like, and then just 
people being irresponsible, even some, like some of the race footage I've seen, like even stuff that was on the trails collective last week. Like I saw some of it and I texted Ian. I was like, what the hell just happened? Like, are you kidding? Like, Oh my God. And, um, and so it's just, it's, it's something, yeah, it's very personal. And I know everybody wants to race. We're all tired. We all want to go outside and just be with our friends. But like, there's like, you you just we can't ignore a pandemic <laughs> like yeah. i know it's like you can ignore like you can ignore your neighbor's kids you can shut the window you can like ignore things but this is something you can't ignore no matter how much you want to ignore it yeah. and so this brings me to my next topic which is <laughs> is monroe gonna monroe is gonna open oh mcc yeah um in a very very limited fashion so most most classes are going to be remote in the fall, except for a small number where they like truly couldn't do it. Um, like in the spring, they couldn't do it remote. So it's like, we have like a welding program and like hospitality where they need to like actually prepare food. Um, and some of like our nursing and like dental programs. So they're going to have, um, some classes in person, but only what they actually have to do in person. So like if they have a lab, like, they might split it up and like only an hour of it will be in person and then everything else is remote. So, so there's that. And then, so working in the library, we're trying to figure out um, how to open in a very limited fashion safely. Um, Cause we know there's a lot of students that don't have access to technology um, and like Wi-Fi at home. And in the spring, we didn't think it was safe to be open at all. And so we weren't, um, but the numbers are, pretty low in our area and it wouldn't be um it would be like a very limited number of students coming in at one time you um our local library is also done like you order and then you go nope. pick it up so we're yeah. gonna do that too um and then we have all of our like digital stuff that people can use digital yeah. resources and books so yeah i i really feel for you teachers and educators like i just there because it's very, it's a very hard situation and it's going to be hard no matter kids come back or they don't like, yeah. because it's, cause then it, it, even if they don't like, that's probably the safest, but then mm -hmm. you should train teacher. You should probably train your teachers how to teach online. Yeah. And yeah. I, I really, it's such a hard situation and there isn't really any, right way and I think that um America at large is looking for like a perfect solution to the virus and there isn't yeah. one it's just this is the best we can do and we have to do it even though it sucks yeah like we just want a vaccine but you know we can't just wait for that and let people keep dying until we get it you know it's yeah. like we want schools to open but we can't do it that way completely yet so we have to try something else and it's just, yeah, it's a very sticky situation. It is. I'm, um, I'm, I think K-12 has it a lot harder too, like in figuring out whether they're going to reopen or how they're going to reopen. Cause I think, um, at least like the students at MCC, they're adults, like we can expect them to like follow, hopefully follow like, you know, some safety precautions, but, um, I don't know, like in K-12, there's also the issue of like childcare and there's not a good solution for a lot of people. And um, I don't know, it's hard for like 
I think it would be hard for little kids to socially distance, you know? Yeah. Well, I talked in my interview with Sheila, she teaches ESL. So yeah. a lot of poor kids and like, don't speak English. And yeah, I just, you know, I, and the thing is, is like, if we had followed the, like New Zealand is opening, yeah. like they're fine. You know, it's just so upsetting. And, and it's hard to like forget about it. And so, I mean, and the thing is coming back to racist, it's like yeah. they want to try something like it's not going to be perfect, but, and I'm trying to like wrap my mind around that, but then I'm also just like, if everybody would just get on board with this for like two months, like yeah. do it. Like, I, and the thing is my coworkers and friends, we've been on board for two, like for yeah. March, like we've had to, that's our job. So it doesn't seem like a huge issue for us. We're like, we just do it. But for people that don't have to wear masks for nine hours a day, it's still a very like my rights and like people that are just sitting at their house waiting for races to reopen and they don't understand. It's like, why can't we do this? Of course I'm going to sign up for the first race. And just, you know, it's so complicated. And I, I feel for everybody, like we're all like suffering through this with yeah. no leadership and, you know, and I applaud Ian for what he tried to do mm -hmm. and I heard everything went well. Um, but it wasn't something that I felt I could be a part of just yeah. my own, like what's going on up there. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I think, I think it's been really hard on race directors too, like trying to figure out whether they can put on races safely or not and the risks. And I know it, um, like there's a big financial factor too, cause people pay for races and then you spend money and if you have to get refunds that, I don't know. So I think, yeah, I think it's just difficult all around, but I'm, I guess right now I'm on the same page as you, whereas I personally feel like I can not race for the rest of the year and be okay. Just training and like running my own, you know what I mean? Like setting my own random challenges or goals. Um, and that's one thing I can do to like, keep try and keep things like headed in the right direction in New York. Mm-hmm. And also it's, you know, I've, a lot of, I've, I've engaged in dialogue with a couple of people yeah. about this and, you know, a lot of the financial stuff is like, well, we're supporting the race director and all that. I'm like, mm -hmm. you can also just write a check. Yes. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> like write a check. I mean, it's kind of like, you know how some people joke like, oh, they gave us the t-shirt and medal before the race. Now I don't have to run it. It's like, there you go. So, that's why yeah. I, like, um, I feel fortunate to be in the position like the races that were canceled I think everyone I was signed up for there was the option to like donate it to the race or like roll over your entry or ask for a refund so um, I know not everyone can do it but I think you're right like people who can and you want to support the race director like you can donate your race fee or just donate to the organization that they're a part of mm -hmm. yeah have you ever found that like though there's just so many different places now especially with black lives matter mm -hmm. and then this the campaign that came out about um femicide in turkey just like mm -hmm. yesterday there's just so many places to donate yeah <laughs> so then i have to like shut it down like i i support you but i just you know there's just so only so many places that i can like invest my money and i'm always like weighing the like pros and cons so yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, um, I, I don't know. I don't know why I just asked you that, but I, I was just, just been thinking about that, you know, yeah. like, I wish I could support everybody a million times well, over. Yeah. Again. So. 
and you can't and um like there's so much going on this year like there's so many different uh, like crazy things or like worthwhile causes to donate to and support and so it's hard to um it's hard to figure out where to like best and how to best support um different organizations yeah i mean i feel blessed to be able to even be wrestling with where do I, who do I give my yeah. money to? Like, I feel very lucky to be able yeah. to like have that problem. That's a true privilege problem. Yeah. Yep. So, um, what is your, what is like a goal race? Like a, a race that you're just like, I really would love to do that someday. It can be, it can be any, anywhere, any, any place in the world, any distance. What do you want to do? Uh, I would love to run Western States and it's so hard to get into. Um, have you run a hundred miler yet? I've run one. So I ran burning river in 2016. Okay. Um, and it went pretty well. And then I took like a year off of running because it was just like, so it was just like so taxing. So I don't really want to run another hundred miler until I like feel more prepared to do one. Um, or it's like Western States or like a kind of like a bucket list race. See, I like you because you're so smart. That's how I feel. I'm like, I don't have this, like, I need to run 100 miles. <laughs> I'm like, I want to be ready to run 100 miles. Yeah. And it, I'm so amazed by people who run multiple 100 milers in a year. I, do, I don't understand how, like, they can, how they can do it. Um, it's really people that can run 100 miles in a week. Yeah. Like, we're just That's so that. really impressive, like... <laughs> it's still crazy to me uh yeah. I got it once and I was like wrecked I was like, yeah I do this to myself it was like the first week of COVID I was really at a low point it's all I yeah. did um yeah well that's pretty cool yeah western states is uh they definitely I think are going to maybe with this year off they're going to hold readjust like their lottery system because they got to figure something out there's just so many I know like Dobbins on like a seven year seven like, oh, I Dobbins. know and now it's like another year because they um they just moved everyone from this year into next year's so there's no lottery next year so it's like a whole nother year for him yeah and then how also do you plan for like a year in advance like that's how that's why these lotteries like how do you know what your body's gonna want to do in six months let alone a year i don't know and um even now like the qualifying the races to get like your qualifying ticket for western are getting so like they have lotteries so it's just this crazy system of entering lotteries so that you yeah. can enter other lotteries apparently but, i'm still in for like sonoma next year but i'm like oh, well really? my long run caps out at 85 minutes right now so i hope i can run 50 <laughs> miles in 85 minutes i don't know that's pretty awesome how'd you pick lake sonoma last year i just i jumped into the lottery like on a whim um, I think yeah. after JFK, Ian kind of talked me into it a little bit and I got in and I was all like ready to go. And then that's when COVID hit. That was actually like yeah. my first cancellation. I was like, Oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go. Yeah. But that's awesome. Though. It'll be cool. What, what mm -hmm. I mean, maybe I can drop down to the women's half. You can do it. Well, only if you want to, but yeah, that's the thing is like, I just, I really, I also another privilege. I can run whatever I want. I do not have any obligation to run anything. <laughs> so, well, uh, Katie, thank you so much for taking this time out of your night. We are going to play a quick little game. Okay. Yeah. It's called Ideal Aid Station. Okay. 
So I'm just going to ask you a couple questions about what you would have at your ideal aid station. Are you okay. ready? Yes. All right. Uh, sweet food. Um, Swedish fish. Salty food. Mm, quesadillas. Uh, well, this could go for this too. Uh, hot food. Oh. Um, the grilled cheese at um, Frozen Branch was pretty good this year, so I'll go with grilled cheese. It was good, actually. I had yeah. a couple of them. <laughs> you know, I was volunteering, and I was like, well. <laughs> um, but to be fair, I brought chili, so whatever. Yeah. So. Um, favorite sports drink? Tailwind? Non-sports drink? Um, like at an aid station? Yeah. Uh, that's hard. Uh, probably like Coke. Coke, yeah. That's yeah. Good. Um, I wanted to say beer, but I couldn't because I don't think that's actually what I would want at an agency. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Camille can do it. I can't. Yeah. Um, favorite, like, a piece of gear or item that you would want at an aid station? Oh. Like at the aid station? Yeah, or it can it can be something in your drop bag or just, like, something that they might have there. You know, like, at Western State, they have, like, the ice that you can put in your... Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I'll say a chair, though. A chair, yes. You sit down, yeah. Yeah, that, that lawn chair just looks so nice. It's like a throne. Um, and then celebrity or special guest you would want waiting for you at an aid station just that might pep you up or maybe even if they could run a couple miles with you. Oh, I gotta go with Courtney DeWalter. Yeah, that's true. She's really fun. She would tell jokes and she would probably um, be willing to do a few miles with me. So she definitely would. She'd be like, I'll pace you to the end. Yeah. Yeah, she's wonderful. Just her, her, um, her, she's just infectious. She's yeah. Just great. Do you know she just started like a 500 mile run? Really? I just saw it on Instagram today and I was like, yeah, she's been quiet lately. I wonder what she's doing. Oh, where? Yeah. I don't, uh, Colorado. Okay. So, yeah. I'll look it up. Cool to see that. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Katie. Where can people find you on social media? Oh, um, I'm not a social media guru, so probably just on Facebook, and it's just Katie Gadu. All right. G-H-I-D-I-U. Yep. i that one. I got it on the email like six times. I spelled it again <laughs> wrong again. <laughs> like Ellie, think please. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Katie, and have a wonderful evening. You too. Bye. Bye.